Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast presented by Betfred Sports. I am Zach Kroll. I am your host, and this is the National Championship Game Edition of the College Hoops Daily Podcast. The first night of the Final Four has wrapped. We know who the two teams are that will be competing for the ultimate prize in college basketball, the National Championship. We have the number five seeded San Diego State Aztecs coming out of the South facing off against the number four seeded Yukon Huskies coming out of the West region. And this game should be unreal. Both teams won in different fashion on Saturday night to get into this game. We're going to get into it all. But I understand that going into this Final Four, a lot of people weren't as excited as normal considering who the two teams playing, especially in the first game, right? I feel like with UConn, they are a program that has won four national titles since 1999. They will be going for their fifth during that span tonight. And then you have the San Diego State Aztecs on the other side, who just faced off against Florida Atlantic in a game that was honestly one of the better Final Four games I could ever remember. Florida Atlantic, they played really well in the first half. They go into the locker room with a seven-point lead. San Diego State hit a big three right before the end of that first half. And throughout the second half, what I was thinking to myself, especially late, how is San Diego State still in this game? Florida Atlantic showed a little bit of that tendency in their lead eight game against Kansas State where they were literally keeping the Wildcats in that game because they were not taking care of the basketball. I was at Madison Square Garden for those games. And it felt to me like Florida Atlantic should have been up way more. And I got a very similar feeling in the game on uh, Saturday night with FAU and San Diego state, the owls, it felt like to me were outplaying SDSU for most of the game. At one point, they were even up by as many as 14 points in the second half, but just like they've done throughout this entire tournament, San Diego state finds a way to keep clung, keep fighting back, And Lamont Butler hits the shot of all shots at the buzzer to give San Diego State the win and to put the Aztecs in their first ever national championship game in program history. And we have to talk a little bit about just how much that shot and this moment means for the San Diego State basketball program. People don't realize before Steve Fisher got to San Diego State, this program really wasn't much. They didn't have a ton of history, kind of similar, honestly, to the team that we're facing, Florida Atlantic, prior to this season. San Diego State, uh, under Steve Fisher, 
They had a great, great run. Fisher arrived in San Diego in 1999. And prior to that, the Aztecs only had two or I'm sorry, three NCAA tournament appearances in program history in 1975, 1976, and 1985. Those were the only three times the Aztecs had made the NCAA tournament prior to Steve Fisher getting there. And they'd never been to the Sweet 16 prior to him arriving in San Diego. Now, this year was the third Sweet 16 in program history, but it was the first under Brian Dutcher. And if you've been someone that has followed, someone that has watched college basketball over the course of the last few years, you realize just how good this San Diego State program has been consistently. They just haven't really had that one breakthrough moment in March Madness, which is also unfortunate considering back in 2020, when the season was called early due to the COVID-19 pandemic, San Diego State had a team that was that they started the season 28-0. They ended 28-2. And I thought that team had a legitimate shot to win the whole thing and cut down the nets. They had NBA players like Malachi Flynn, Jordan Shackle, another really good uh, pro playing overseas right now in Matt Mitchell. And they even had a few guys from the team today that were younger players, including a kid by the name of Lamont Butler. Or actually, I'm sorry. He was a freshman on the 2021 San Diego State team that made the NCAA tournament. So Butler was not there. Excuse me. Sorry for that. But they did have AG a rope. They did have Nathan Menso, the rim protector as center, who has been very important to the San Diego State run. Keisha Johnson, Adam Seiko. There are still plenty of other guys from that San Diego State team that are still on the team today that will be competing in the national championship game. But the confidence that Brian Dutcher showed in his team during the final few minutes of that game, it was really impressive. And he made two key decisions, I think, that really ended up working out for San Diego State. But if they didn't, people would have gotten on him a little bit. However, at the same time, it ended up working out. And not every coach would have made those two decisions. So let's go back a little bit into the game. Florida Atlantic is up by one after Jaden Ledee, a guy who has been money for San Diego State all season, hits a clutch jumper to cut the lead to one. Ledee has been hitting those shots all season long. And something about San Diego State, like their depth is really impressive. Not only the fact that they have five guys on their team that are age 23 or older, no program has done a better job taking advantage of the COVID year and that extra season of eligibility you got than the San Diego State Aztecs. No other program has done a better job taking advantage of that. And they have five guys on their team over the age of 23. And Ladee hits that shot like he's been doing all year to cut the game to one. It's a one-point game. And FAU has the ball, about 20 seconds left, and there's only a six-second differential between game shot and shot clock. FAU is up by one. So the common feeling along everyone I saw, and I felt this way as well, was San Diego State, they have to foul and extend the game. But the thing about this Aztec team is that there is no better defense in the country. And FAU, in the second half of their Sweet 16 game against Tennessee, they carved up a very good Vols defense. Like, going into the tournament, I thought the two defenses that were just elite and better than the rest were San Diego State and Tennessee. And considering the fact that FAU was really able to score effectively against Tennessee in the second half, 
I didn't think they would get that stifled by San Diego State's defense, especially with how well they shot the ball in the first half. But FAU missed a couple free throws. They had a couple turnovers. The refs, I'm not saying, of course, they're the reason why San Diego State won the game. That would be insulting and unrealistic. But the the refs made a few calls that might have gone San Diego State's way a little bit, that might have helped them get back in the game. And the Aztecs, like every good team does, they take advantage of it. So San Diego State decides not to foul, and they decide to rely on their defense, the unit that has really gotten them to this point. And the other interesting thing about Brian Dutcher in that moment was the Aztecs' two biggest shot makers throughout the season, Matt Bradley, who for the first time it's felt like in a minute had a really good game here in the NCAA tournament in the Final Four against Florida Atlantic. I'll give you the exact numbers right now. So Bradley in the game against FAU, he was San Diego State's leading scorer with 21 points, 5 of 12 from the field, and 4 of 8 from 3. He had four threes, which turned out all to be huge. In San Diego State's two games combined prior to this Final Four game against FAU, Bradley combined for eight points on three of 17 from the field. Everyone knew going into this game, if San Diego State had a realistic chance to win, they needed more from Matt Bradley, and they got that. He came, he delivered with 21 points. But San Diego State, their lineup during that last play on the court, they had their three big men, Nathan Mensah, Kashad Johnson, and A.J. Rope. They had all those guys on the floor at the same time trying to get a stop. But Brian Dutcher also didn't call a timeout after San Diego State got the rebound. He trusted his guys. And Jim Nance, if you hear it, like he says it in the broadcast. Bradley's not on the floor. Tramiel's on the floor, not on the floor. And Dutcher, after the game, said that he ran out of plays. And he just told his big men, crash the offensive glass. Hopefully we could get a second look if the initial shot is missed. But Lamont Butler, a guy who, by the way, has hit a number of big-time clutch shots throughout his college career, he comes through in the biggest moment. And you knew as soon as he took that shot, it was going to be going in. If you remember earlier this season as well, San Diego State had a big, big game in the Mountain West at New Mexico. And New Mexico... Not only are they a really talented team that had their best season in a minute under head coach Richard Pitino, but if you know and follow Mountain West basketball, the pit is one of the better home court advantages, and that is a really difficult place to win when you're the road team. And New Mexico in that game was playing for their NCAA tournament lives. That was a do-or-die game. If they won, maybe they get their name and hear it called on Selection Sunday, but if they lose that game, they're definitely out. And San Diego State played great in the first half of that game, but they unraveled a little bit in the second half. Their offense went cold, and New Mexico even took the lead late on a Jalen House layup. But then Lamont Butler hits a cold-blooded three at the buzzer to give San Diego State the win, and the New Mexico players were stunned. They knew we just blew our shot at an NCAA tournament. And by the way, it's important to realize this also. New Mexico went into Viejas Arena, by the way, which is also a great home court advantage. I'm sure you guys saw the film of uh, the reaction of all the fans in Viejas uh, to Lamont Butler's game-winning shot. They literally stormed the floor. Uh, It was epic, epic. It's a great time to be a San Diego sports fan, and we're going to get a little bit into just how much this game and this team means 
to the city of San Diego. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But what a shot from Butler. It was one of those moments where I knew as soon as he shot, it was going to go in. But you almost felt like, is he going to run out of time? Is he even going to be able to get a shot off? If you remember, Florida Atlantic was in a little bit of a similar position against Memphis in their opening round NCAA tournament game when they had the ball down one with about uh, five seconds left. And Nick Boyd got got the layup to go at the buzzer, and Memphis didn't even get a shot off to end the game. They they blocked it, and FAU ended up getting the victory. So Florida Atlantic, they just like San Diego State. They they've been really good in close games. The Aztecs uh, as well. But Lamont Butler, he hits the game winning shot, and it is pandemonium from there. And I'll just get into it right now. The city of San Diego. In their history. And by the way, I think San Diego is an underrated sports city. And we're finally starting to see that, ironically, since the San Diego Chargers left. Since that happened, we've kind of realized, like, okay, San Diego is legit. They are very passionate about their team. And since the Chargers left, every Padres game, every atmosphere for their big playoff games have been electric. San Diego State, they have a great home court advantage. And these Aztec fans in San Diego are just going absolutely bonkers for this San Diego State team. They have never seen a championship in any sport. And it's not like they haven't had good teams, right? You guys remember the 2006 San Diego Chargers with LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers, and they lost just a heartbreaking playoff game to the New England Patriots uh, when Tom Brady threw an interception and the Chargers defender Marlon McRae fumbled the ball Troy Brown recovers it for the Patriots, and New England knocks off the number one seeded Chargers, who were 14 and 2, and they looked bound for a Super Bowl. You guys remember that. You also remember the San Diego Padres, who had a magical run in the playoffs this past season, but unfortunately bet them at the bank. Bryce Harper with a clutch three run shot to win that game for the Phillies. So we have seen some really good teams in San Diego that have fallen just short of a championship. And the Aztecs are now just one win away. And I wanted to play you guys. This is Ted Leitner, uh, San Diego Sports 760, providing the audio of Aztecs Learfield Radio Network. This was the game-winning call from Ted Leitner of the Lamont Butler shot. And before I play this call for you guys, I just wanted to preface this by saying, it's not really a normal call. I feel like when you hear it at first, you're going to be like, what's so special about this call? Like, what is he doing? But this guy, Ted Leitner, has been the voice of San Diego sports for over 20 years. And he's seen a ton of losing. He's been, he was the Padres radio announcer for 20 years. He's been calling Aztec games. He's been calling Charger games. And it's important to remember, this is not only the first Final Four and National Championship game appearance in the history of San Diego State basketball, but the whole Mountain West Conference, who I've been a big fan and supporter of, right? I know that the Mountain West has not been particularly great in the NCAA tournament over the uh, not only this year like the Aztecs were the only team in the conference to win an NCAA tournament game but teams like Boise State they have never won a pro, uh, an NCAA tournament game in program history Utah State they had a disappointing loss in the NCAA tournament this year Nevada they got destroyed in their opening round NCAA tournament game this season against Arizona State so when you look at the Mountain West It hasn't been great in March, and that included San Diego State prior to this run. But if you follow the conference during the regular season, you know there are a lot of really good teams with some high-level transfers 
And it was about time. It was it Aaron Torres was at that game, and he has known Lamont Butler since he was 14 years old, uh, growing up in Riverside, California. And Butler, it's crazy. I remember him as a freshman on a very good San Diego State team that made the NCAA tournament with Shackle, with Matt Mitchell. Nathan Mensa was on that team. Like They had a really good squad, and they just couldn't handle the Syracuse 2-3 zone in the opening round of the NCAA tournament that year. And Lamont Butler, he played sparingly on that team, but I never really expected him to turn into anything great. But man, this guy has been so good for the Aztecs. He was great against Creighton. He was their leading scorer in that game against Creighton. Their lead ball handler as well, really played under control. And you could tell he was just comfortable. He was confident on hitting that shot and taking that shot in the biggest moment in Aztecs program history. What a game. What a scene it was in Houston. It was even crazy. You saw the Padres fans at Petco Park going wild when he hit the shot. And that that those moments right there, that's honestly what sports are all about, especially in March Madness when part of the beauty of it is going into this tournament, we don't know a whole lot about these teams and these players. Of course, the people that watch and follow college basketball throughout the season like they do but not everyone does and for San Diego State to get that moment just that's what college basketball is all about congratulations to Brian Dutcher and the Aztecs for the victory and for FAU it's a heartbreaking way to go out especially considering how well you played not only in the game for the majority of it but in the tournament but in in March Madness, the the margin of error is just so thin, and and one mistake could cost you. And even though FAU shot the ball really well, they made a couple mistakes. I thought that really just cost them. Vlad Golden, a guy who was really good for the Owls in their Elite Eight victory over Kansas State with his first career double double, he couldn't hit a free throw. And FAU and San Diego State left a lot of points at the line. The only thing is. San Diego State, like they're not the best offensive team. Like we're, that, we're not surprised by that. But Vlad Golden goes one of five at the free throw line. That was just an absolute killer. And FAU, in during the game, shot 16 of 21. San Diego State shot 13 of 22. And they still find a way to get the victory. Both teams shot the ball pretty effectively in this game. FAU shoots 9 of 22 from three. That's 41%. And San Diego State, when they need a great shooting night, they go 9 of 18 from three. That is 50%. From three, what a win for the Aztecs. But FAU, I'm curious to see where they go from here. Dusty May, their head coach, he's going to be back next year. I don't think there was really a job open in the Power 5, Power 6 that would have been worth it for him to leave, especially knowing what this FAU team could look like next year. And it is important to remember that they will be going to the American Athletic Conference. They will no longer be a member of Conference USA. And it's always interesting to see how that works out, like when a team goes on a deep NCAA tournament run and they're switching conferences the next year because that you those units of money gained from the NCAA tournament like that's going to go to Conference USA and not the new conference. Of course though, FAU this pro this run really put this program on the map. I think we're going to see a lot more kids around the country wanting to go there, wanting to play for Dusty May. I think he is one of the breakout stars of this tournament and I saw some people like getting on him a little bit for the way he used his timeouts and saying he iced his team a little bit. And that those might've been true, but I think the last two timeouts he took, like I think 
those were fine because a they couldn't get the ball in on that last inbound. That was one, and two, with the shot clock winding down to eleven with seventeen seconds left, it was clear that FAU just didn't really have anything going on the offensive end. Now, the one thing I will get on Coach May for is John L. Davis. I think shot the ball a little bit too early. He shot the ball or at least started getting in to his shooting motion with around six seconds left on the shot clock, which gave the Aztecs a little bit more time in order to get that game-winning shot off. And in the moment, it's one of those things where, okay, you think you can make the shot. Obviously, you're going to take it. But at the same time, the move for FAU probably would have been to let the clock wind down to like three or two seconds and then take a long three and see if San Diego or and see if FAU could have gotten like a long rebound or San Diego State would have gotten it but who knows if Butler gets the shot off if he has like two or three seconds left and I'm sure a lot of you guys saw the image of his foot just being a couple inches short of the baseline and going out for San Diego State and that's what makes this tournament and that's just what makes the game of basketball so crazy Lamont Butler's foot was just inches away of going out of bounds, and if he would have, FAU is in the national championship game right now. But the refs got it right. They didn't call it, and Lamont Butler hits the shot of his life to give San Diego State the victory over FAU, and they will be going for the first championship in the history of San Diego sports tonight against UConn. So the team that UConn will be playing, or excuse me, the team that San Diego State will be playing tonight, I gave it away right off the bat there, but you guys know it. It's UConn, the Huskies, and they will be going for their fifth national championship in program history, and all of them have came since the year 1999. And it's it's wild to see just how far this UConn program has come since the day Dan Hurley arrived in Storrs, Connecticut. And we spoke a little bit about this last week but UConn was in the American Athletic Conference. They were playing their conference tournament games in Frisco, Texas, against teams that all of the kids that Dan Hurley was recruiting trying to get to UConn, like, they were playing against teams none of those kids have even ever heard of. And the day that UConn decided to rejoin the Big East Conference back in the summer of 2020, that is a program-changing day for the UConn Huskies. And I'm confident that they wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the Big East Conference. And that conference, by the way, next year, no matter what happens to UConn tonight, it's going to be absolutely loaded. We know the new head coaching changes that have been made so far this offseason at Georgetown and at St. John's. But Marquette, Creighton, UConn, even a little bit of Xavier, even a little bit of Providence, we've seen the work that Kim English, their new head coach, has been doing on the recruiting end so far this offseason. The Big East has a chance to be a special special conference going into next season. And when you look at the UConn Huskies, it's crazy because they, in their first NCAA tournament game against Iona, they struggled a little bit in the first half. Rick Pitino and his Gales had a one-point lead going into the halftime locker room. But UConn blows them out in the second half, and really since then, they haven't really looked back. They won comfortably over St. Mary's, and I know that game kind of changed a little bit when one of their better players, Alex Dukas, he left with an injury and St. Mary's could just never recover. But what UConn was able to do, not only in the West Regional semifinal and final against Arkansas and Gonzaga, who are two very good teams with two very successful coaches that have done 
well historically in the NCAA tournament. UConn dominated both of those teams, and then they handled Miami pretty easily on Saturday in a game where I don't even think UConn played their A-plus game. I know Sunogo and Hawkins, they started off the game hitting a couple threes, and I got to give both those guys credit as well. Adama Sunogo has been playing the best basketball of his career during this NCAA tournament, and I like how immediately, as soon as that game started the other night, they set the tone. Uh, Sunogo finished the game with 21 points, 10 rebounds, very efficient, 9 of 11 from the field. And then you also had Donovan Klingon, who I am just a huge fan of. I feel like if he had 20 minutes of playing time a night even, this kid could easily just go to the NBA draft and be a first-round pick. Uh, I saw a tweet saying that even if he just did that, he would be a first-round pick this year in the draft. And honestly, I don't think that's a crazy thought at all. But Klingon is a monster, especially for his size. He just moves around so well. And every time he's on the floor, he is going to make an impact. Really impressive game from him. Even Naheem Aline, who is a transfer from Virginia Tech, and he had a lot of success, played in a couple NCAA tournaments there. But it's interesting with Aline, he was buried a little bit earlier in the offseason, or earlier in the season. I think it took him a little bit of time to finally adjust to a new role of coming off the bench, but he had eight points in this game. He said a couple big threes for UConn throughout this tournament. Joey California, Calcaterra, he had a couple big shots for this uh, UConn team. And then also for the second game in a row, UConn just hits a dagger, dagger three at the halftime buzzer to give them a huge boost going into the locker room. And when you look at this UConn Husky team, They are only the fifth team in the history of the NCAA tournament to enter the championship game with all five of their wins coming by double digits in their first five games. The other five teams to do that were, excuse me, 2000 Michigan State, 2001 Duke, 2009 North Carolina, 2016 North Carolina, and 2018 Villanova. Now, four of those five teams ended up winning their national championship game. The only one who didn't was 2016 North Carolina. And if you remember, that was the team that lost to Villanova in Houston. Of course, the same place where this Final Four will be. I wonder if there's any correlation there. When Chris Jenkins of Villanova hits the game-winning shot uh, for Villanova. And going back quickly to the Lamont Butler shot uh, for San Diego State, that was actually the first shot in the history of the Final Four to win a game at the buzzer when the team was trailing. So if Butler obviously misses that shot, Florida Atlantic wins. They're the team that ends up going to the title game. But that was the first time a team who was losing in the final four at the buzzer hits a shot to get them the victory. And that's a shot, no matter what happens in this championship game, that could go down in the history of college basketball. But Brian Dutcher, San Diego State's coach, he said this, If the Aztecs somehow do end up winning this game on Monday night, it will be considered one of the greatest shots in the history of college basketball. And I agree with that 100%. But going back to UConn, what they've done throughout this tournament has been really impressive. And the other thing about UConn that's crazy, they are now on an all-time run against non-conference opponents. And it seems like a long time ago, but I remember pretty clearly, there was a point early in the season where I thought the UConn Huskies by a pretty significant margin, we're the best team in college basketball. They started their non-conference play 11-0 in 
with wins over really good teams like Alabama and Iowa State and Oregon and Oklahoma State and Florida. If you remember, UConn wasn't only beating these teams, but they were blowing them out. UConn beat Alabama in the PK-85. Now, this was before we all kind of realized just how good Alabama was, but UConn beat them by 15 points in the PK-85. They beat Iowa State, a really good team that competed and won some big games in the Big 12, a a team that was a top six seed in the NCAA tournament. UConn beat them by 18 points in the championship game of the PK-85, and in that game, they shot 7 of 26 from 3. That's 27%, and they still found a way to win. In this game against Miami, I I said it earlier, I don't even think they played their best game and they only shot 35% from three, which is nine of 26. And they still find a way to not only win, but pretty comfortably against the Miami team who we saw against Texas. Like they proved that they were capable of coming back against anyone in any deficit. Those guards are really good. That offense was just loaded, but still they fall short to the Yukon Huskies who are on an all-time great run right now in, in terms of just dominating the competition in the NCAA tournament. And this UConn Husky team, they are one win away from immortality. This would be their fifth national championship all coming since 1999 with their third different head coach. And a lot of people have been asking, should UConn be considered a blue blood if they win this game? And it's a very difficult question, but I think you at least have to consider it, right? I mean, this win would give them more national championships than Kansas. It would give them the same amount of national championships with teams like Duke, teams like Indiana. Both of those teams have five, and UConn would be right up there, right on par with their fifth as well. So this would be obviously just a historic, historic win for the Huskies if they could get it. And I understand, right, that it is really, really difficult to pick against the UConn Huskies right now with how well they're playing. And it's clear When they are on, when they're playing their best game, there aren't many teams in the country that are capable of beating UConn. But the thing that makes San Diego State so good is they force you basically to play their own style of basketball. And no matter how much the deficit is at any point in the game, they know that eventually they're just going to wear you down. You won't be able to keep up with them when, uh, when the game is going and you might be a little bit out of energy. And San Diego State, they just love playing rock fights. And we all remember in 2011, uh, another game in Houston, ironically, when UConn was able to beat Butler and win. That was at the time their third national championship in program history. That was one of the uglier basketball games, especially in the national championship, that people remember, that they still talk about. Uh, that, that, that game felt like it was going to be in the 40s. Uh, and Oh, yeah, that's because Butler only scored 41 points. UConn ended up winning that game 53-41. And this Husky team is obviously a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. I think even against a really good San Diego State defense, they will be able to score a little bit more. But I'm really looking forward to this national championship game. And I, I don't think people realize just how much is at stake for this San Diego State program. I know... It's obviously an important game. It's the national championship. But this San Diego State team, they could have won a national championship three years ago in 2020 before the tournament was postponed. And I totally understand that 
this UConn team is dominant and that Dan Hurley has done a phenomenal job. And if you remember uh, after UConn won the game on Saturday, you saw the video of Dan Hurley walking in to the UConn locker room. And he was like, I'm not even excited. We won because I knew we were going to win and and that we were going to be playing on Monday. And he's spoken a lot about how easy it's been to build this roster with a, a handful of NBA players and just putting all of the right pieces around them. And there is no doubt that UConn, should be the favorite to win this game. They've been the best and most impressive team by far throughout this tournament. But I just have a weird feeling about this game. I'm, I'm not saying that San Diego State is going to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Because throughout this college basketball season, right, we've just been talking about the parity and how it makes no sense. And that's true. I, could you guys really see a team just dominating everyone without even sweating? to win a national championship in this year of college basketball? Because honestly, I don't know if I could see that. I don't know if the UConn Huskies are just going to win this game easily, especially knowing the fact that San Diego State has been trailing for a lot of this tournament, but they just find ways to win. And it doesn't feel like a fluke to me that San Diego State keeps continuing to win. It feels like they've earned it. And that's what makes this team so impressive. So when we look at the national championship game, if UConn plays their best, they're going to win. And they should win. They are the more talented team. They're the number four seed that really shouldn't have been a number four seed. They should have been like a two or three seed. But they hit a little bit of a wall during Big East Conference play. And the committee never really elevated their seeding for that. But this San Diego State team is special to me. And the fact that they are in this position to begin with is really impressive. I think they covered the number at seven and a half. And... I can't believe I'm saying it, but I might be the only person in in America that is going to predict San Diego State to win this game. I I might look stupid when I'm done with it. You know, it it might not be the best pick or the best formula because this UConn Husky team, they are deep, just like San Diego State is. They're physical, just like San Diego State is. But when you see a magical March run and the way this Aztec team has been playing, it's hard to bet against it. And I know if this game gets close... UConn has not been in a close game late in this entire tournament. Maybe they get tight. Maybe they get a little sweaty. Maybe they get a little anxious. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a close game late. And in that situation, I think the Aztecs have the advantage. I really do. I haven't seen this UConn team play in a close tournament game yet. And the last time they did play in a close game was the Big East tournament when they lost to Marquette. So I think the Aztecs are going to shock the world tonight. It would be... I don't know if I'd call it like one of the bigger upsets in college basketball history, but keep in mind, UConn, when they won their first national championship in 1999, they were nine and a half point underdog against Duke. And really not everyone knew if they had a legitimate chance to win that game. I think they do. I think San Diego State is going to take home the national championship tonight. But UConn, you, you of course wouldn't be shocked if they won it either as well, especially with how well and how dominant they've played throughout the tournament. Uh, Alex Caravan is another name I wanted to highlight for UConn. Of course, he was the one that hit that dagger three at the end of the first half to give the Huskies a 13-point lead going into the locker room in their final four game against Miami. Uh, Him, Hawkins, all those guys, they're going to have to make some shots. Uh, But I think San Diego State, and especially their defense on the perimeter, I know FAU shot pretty well in that game, but All of San Diego State's opponents during this NCAA tournament prior to that really did not shoot the ball well. The Aztecs also have had one of the better perimeter defenses in the entire country throughout this tournament. I'm going to go with San Diego State 
to shock the world and win a national championship. But I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the College Hoops Daily Podcast. It's been a blast for me throughout this season talking college basketball with you guys. And there's nothing better than the sport. And we saw exactly why during the game on Saturday night with San Diego State shocking Florida Atlantic, Lamont Butler with just an epic, epic shot to give the Aztecs the win at the buzzer. And I wasn't even sure if he was actually going to get a shot off then. However, I knew as soon as he did, it was good. And just like Butler has been making those shots and those plays throughout the season, he comes through in the biggest moment again. What a win for San Diego State. And UConn, another business-as-usual win, dominating Miami. It's been really impressive just how dominant they've been throughout this tournament. But throughout this college basketball season, we've seen some shocking upsets. I think we get one more tonight. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of College Hoops Daily. We'll be back, by the way, on Wednesday, reacting to the game, reacting to everything that went down, and maybe even a special announcement before about the future of the show, which I'm really excited about. I'll talk to you guys soon. Everyone enjoy the game tonight.